0: And this meeting is um, organised by Workers' Liberty. It's part of a, a series of socialist, well, environmental socialist, environmental reading groups that we're organising. Um, today's meeting is also hosted by COP View, who I hope will have a bit of time, probably towards the end, just to introduce their project. And we're going to have, um, it's going to take the form of a presentation by two people who take different views on the readings anyway. I think both of them maybe are still thinking about their position. But um, it's a debate about um, the degrowth discussion debate uh, among eco-socialists. So we'll have uh, Zach taking one side. I suppose, a more sceptical view of the degrowth idea of promoting degrowth. Um, and then we'll have Luke. Oh, I think it'll be the other way around. First of all, we'll have Luke, who's sympathetic to the idea that eco-socialists or socialists or ecologists should um, promote the ideas of degrowth.
1: Hi Yeah. Um All right. Yeah. Um, I suppose I'm not going to... I'm not really going to um, make the case too strongly at this point. What, what I want to do is um, I want to present the main ideas of, of um, the Socialism Without Growth article. Um, and I want to outline some critique, but actually I think it would be good if, because um, the, the format is that then Zach will present the the article, which is a critique, I think, which I, I, I do agree with a lot of, but then it would make sense if maybe i can speak later in the meeting a little bit about a commentary on the the schwarzman piece um, if that's okay um, and i'm also yeah i'll leave it a little bit a little bit open so actually you can hear what the rest of the the reading group thinks about this um, yeah so this this is um this is maybe some relevant background to to the whole discussion i think um, I think it's a bit of a problem that Callis doesn't really talk about this. I think he could, he could ground this discussion better uh, if we talk about the planetary boundaries, if we talk about what degrowth means for climate change. Maybe we can come on to that later. Um, but I think that I would just want to write, draw one's attention to that. I think it's um, yeah, it's it's important to bear that in mind in terms of also what Schwartzman advocate later on. I just want to do a tiny little bit on the history of the degrowth thing. Um, um, if anyone read the, the Eric Pinot article there's, in, in the first few paragraphs, there's, a, there's just a, a, a tiny little history. Um, it comes from France um, in the 70s. Um, uh, Pinot cites um, André Gauze, Cornelius Castoriada, Castoriadis and Serge Latouche, who broke away from the mainstream French Marxism and developed an ecological critique of the progressivist imaginary that was seen to characterise both capitalist and socialist thought. Um, they saw the need to acknowledge that any truly emancipatory project had to recognise first that the existence of ecological and social limits, and that these could be in no way overcome by a progressivist free en avant, which I think means advance, through more production, better technologies and more transparent social relations. We couldn't we cannot grow ourselves out of these limits, and more is not an answer to social injustice or a solution to capitalism's contradictions. Whereas most socialist thought, while envisioning a revolution of the social relations of production, premised the continuity of the material tra- tra- trajectory of modern society from capitalism to socialism, degrowth or décroissance held that a socialist or communistic unleashing of productive forces constrained and, cons- and skewed in their potential by the shell of capitalist production- productive relations would be as disastrous as a capitalist trajectory that we are currently following. I think gives a little flavour of where it comes from and perhaps um of its importance to the current current discussion over the how we should respond to the ecological crisis and um, can you get the next slide please it's so like the first one of Callis's argument um argu- uh, article from 2017 um posits the idea of socialism without growth um, his his core argument is that economic growth is ecologically unsustainable um, he actually says whether or, not, whether or not growth is capitalist or socialist doesn't make a difference. The, the issue is that growth of the material standard of living re- requires growth of materials extraction. And this is unavoidably damaging and undermines the conditions of production and reproduction. He makes the argument that, drawing a little bit from value theory, um, from capital, but not, not very systematically, I think. Um, he makes the argument that use values don't grow. He says socialism is concerned with use values, not exchange values, but use values cannot grow in the, in the aggregate. Socialists, he, he then redefines what growth is a little bit and this is contentious and comes up in the Schwartzman piece. Uh, he says socialists should not use the word growth for improvements in things like health and education. We're not dealing with quantitative dimensions, but with sufficiency. Um, and sufficiency should be the starting point rather than the compound rate of growth associated with, with modern GDP i think this sidesteps the issue a little bit um, because the provision of universal needs under something like socialism would at, at some level uh, in mean like a quantitative quantitative increase of some production of services and infrastructures to meet basic needs this is addressing the awesome piece a little bit um, it's also an issue here that callous refuses to define socialism in his piece on socialism um, he says uh if any if any economic growth is ecologically unsustainable then the precise definition of socialism does not matter i'm not arguing that socialism is the best model for a degrowth transition um it's it seems a little bit like yeah <laughs> a, a little bit like he's, he's he's dodging the question and maybe it reflects some of the politics that come out later in the piece where he seems to um see the this understand the socialist, the socialist movement through Corbyn and, and Sanders and uh, Podemos for, for example. Um, so yeah, he says that no, no growth can be sustained ecologically. It requires growing surpluses, which in practice involve exploitation. Um, a starting point should be sufficiency, as I've said. There's always been enough, he says, for everyone, if only we share. Um, he says that energy and material, materials we've got to degrow because extraction and causes huge damage. The amount of energy we circulate and use is directly related to environmental impacts. So doubling or quadrupling the amount of energy produced and materials extracted because of this will sooner or later overshadow qualitative differences between, for example, fossil fuels and renewable energy. Um, okay. Uh, he says something important, which I think is, is is repeated on the green left a little bit. Um, which is the, the idea that an indefinite growth of renewable energy is 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 good? He critiques this, said this is an eco, eco-modernist view, it isn't in line with the, the ecological critique of 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 what an ecological understanding of what's going on. Um, his basic hypothesis, he says, is that renewable energies are not adopted because they cannot sustain an economy of the scale, the size, and the pace of the contemporary global economy. This will not be different under socialism what can be different is the ability to prosper with a smaller renewable economy by sharing resources better Um, can we get the next one please Zach? Uh, um he makes the argument that economic growth rests on exploitation specifically so that non non-explo- non-exploitative economic growth is unlikely um i don't think this is quite explained I, I, it doesn't explain why growth under socialism must necessarily be exploitative It it surely depends on the provision of the surplus it's an allocation problem um exploitation is also a matter of the relationship between the value labor and the surplus and production um under socialism if this would be different what, what would that mean for growth that's something i maybe mean, we can discuss he also displays a, de- a, a determinist view in this in this section in where he discusses the Soviet union and he claims that um, it developed into a hierarchical society because because of the accumulation of big surpluses, Um, I think this this shows one of the important divergences between his or that that particular way of thinking about the growth question and um, an ecological Marxist approach. Finally, he argues that socialist policies are likely to have a negative effect on growth. Um, In other words, socialism is less less likely than capitalism to be a a system of growth. Um, I think this is important because actually, historically, and, and now the... The program of the labor movement, and the program of the revolutionary left, does advocate some forms of, of some some shrinking, some shrinkages, some degrowth. For for example, we are in favor of degrowing carbon emissions rapidly. We are in favor of degrowing the financial sector, the armament industry, the advertising industry. We're in favor of degrowing uh, drudgery, we're, and we're in favor of degrowing the state. So I think there's 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 an important point he, he does make at the end. Um, the next one, please, Zach. Um, if, I don't know if anyone read the um, Eric Pino article. I think there was a lot of reading, so fair enough if you didn't. Um, but Pino um, says some important things, I think. what He actually discusses the working class, which doesn't really feature at all in um, Callis' argument. Um, Pino says that the, the, one the difficulties of the difficulties for the left and the labour movement and the question of growth is that the working class is inherently tied to capitalist growth, defined by something he calls or he refers to as the treadmill of accumulation. Pina says that Marx explains why growth is a necessary feature of the capitalist economy, but the relationship between use value and buyer has got throughput, a key concept in the, the discourse, um, has not been theorized. And this is, this is the work of ecological economics. Um, whereas Callis defines unsustainable quantitative material standards of living, as the cause of the problem pino emphasizes the, te- the tendency towards cr- crisis in the capitalist economy it says that the cause of that is overaccumulation. It says that g- growth is both a quantitative expan- expansion of the-, of the economic system and qualitative change in the social relations of production and consumption growth of quantitative expansion means more use values are produced some of these are, are produced specifically. Um, for, for for the need of profit their capitalist use values and that these have these have not um these these have't uh, an effect of um, um being in the form of waste and and that 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 is his theory of growth essentially um you've also got the transformation of social relations which indicates more intensive accumulation so more machinery more tools this also um gives rise to the, the to new, new use values. And both of these in, in tandem uh, tandem effect imply growing material throughput, a greater use of resources um, in the overall economy. the um, growth is focused on the question of scale. Um, it means shrinking the throughput on which the material standards of, of most people in modern society depend. Um, the overaccumulation accumulation approach put forward by you know, stresses is the, the problem of surplus absorption um and the imperative to try and find avenues to absorb absorb the surplus which determines the metabolism of capitalist economies. Um okay is is there another slide on pino there's that the next one? Okay, cool yeah next one. Um he says that a socialist society could redirect the surplus towards rational and ethical ends this has always been the aim of, of socialism. Um and this could include ecological restoration and modernization. Ecological Marxism, this is a quote from Pinot, has inherited this focus on the qualitative dimension of the surplus. Thus, where degrowth sees a problem of scale, a Marxist would see a problem of allocation. And this is what leads some eco-Marxists to argue that there is a room for socialist growth inside the boundaries set by contemporary earth science. Callis, however, argues such questions of reallocation of productive activity have nothing to do with economic growth as an aggregate phenomenon with uh, multiplier effects and throughput linkages, nor are they to do with growth as an ideological or political mediation that is contained in in the internal contradictions of advanced capitalism. This is where where the eco-Marxist attachment to growth is most suspect. I think I I would agree with that. Um, Finally, he, he stresses this point about the working class again. He says that their class identity has been redeployed from the world of value production to the world of value absorption, development, consumption and consumerism, um, with the capacity to maintain or enhance the material standard of living as defined by capitalist use values being central to their identity and their collective agency as workers. Thus, the, the class position of the working class is inherently tied to growth. Um, one of the things I'd, I'd like to argue for, um, perhaps um, in the discussion, is that the we need to find ways that we can intervene in the, in the labor movement to try and have policies which can break this relationship? I think that's an, an important task for um, the eco socialist movement. Okay, uh, the next slide, please. Like. How, long, how long have we got left like, there for you?
0: You're doing fine.
1: All right, I might talk for a couple more, more minutes.
0: Yeah, fine. Uh,
1: um, so, the question I think is. Is this, is this, uh, these frameworks, both by Calais and Pino, as as I've quickly maybe in a quite intense way um, presented, is it a convincing way, is it convincing as to why the struggle against growth as such growth being the central pillar? Should should this be the organizing principle of how ecological socialist thinking strategy and practice takes place? I'd argue that it's better understood as an important complement to existing Marxist politics and should play an important role in how we intervene in the programme of the labour movement. But the, po- the point is that it has to be complemented by an attitude towards the labour movement, which I think is completely, completely foreign to, to most of the degrowth movement, and likewise most of the, the labour movement is um, partly foreign to some of these ideas. We, 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 that said, you can also point to things like reduction of working time, um, which has been a a classic demand of the of the workers movement as a is, is a core policy of degrowth it, it means sharing sharing work better in order to overall not overall produce perhaps less whilst maintaining standard living that seems like a, a reasonably logical policy which which is shows the way that you can converge the two paradigms certainly it's true that aspects of the degrowth and um, degrowth thought are most um, are the most concrete articulations of what an eco-socialist policy would have to involve. Um, I think that's that's important and, that, and that's missed um, quite often. Um, ecological economics and the the degrowth school are, seem to me to be important contributions, much more fitting to the age of ecological crisis than just the classical Marxist program. The two ha- the two have to converge, which doesn't mean watering down the the, doesn't doesn't mean watering down the, the the emphasis on a working class seizure of power, but it does mean that that has to have an, an, an ecological orientation. Um, I think it also shows why we shouldn't be we shouldn't be so hesitant as socialists to talk about consumption as well as production. I think a lot of that a lot of the way that the environmental left has historically discussed consumption is classist um, and doesn't doesn't take seriously the the needs of working class people and that people's right to to in to live a um a culturally rich life. Yeah, I think this this framework shows why it's important for us to take take on that in terms of transport, also in terms of in, in terms of the 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 actual things that we do in daily life. I think this, this has to be a discussion that the left isn't afraid to make, but it has to do it in a way which puts the working class at the center. Um, as I said just before, the working the, the working class movement, the social movement has, has always advocated some things which, uh, which I, I, I would argue can be identified with degrowth. Degrowth of the consumption of the rich, degrowth of carbon emissions of the financial sector, militaries and the police, degrowth of the state. But the question has to be both about developing an adequate understanding of why and how ecologically destructive growth happens and to find ways that change in the position of the working class in the entire process, decoupling our connection to the connection of employment uh, and unemployment to, to, to capitalist growth um that that seems to me to be the important task to to, to converge these two things um i haven't really talked much about the the, the ways in which they're totally incompatible um because i think there are some i think they're important but um, maybe we can come come to that in the discussion um yeah so th- that's that's all i've got to say for now thanks for listening um i guess over to you zach Well,
2: I'm going to talk. I mean, I think, like the the gap between me and Luke is certainly not as big as like uh, uh, like opposing. Uh, although I think you know there are some some disagreements. So what I'm going to talk about in my talk, I'm not actually just going to mostly just kind of kind of summarize the Schwartzman piece, but. Um, I'm going to, this is my plan. So I'm going to kind of critique the concept or word or, and or word and or movement, um, degrowth. Um, and, but then I'm, all, I'm also going to, uh, part of doing that, I'm going to try and kind of bring out some of the useful ideas that I think we can take from some of the readings, both readings, which are advocate something in that the direction of degrowth and, and those which are critical. And, you know, in the process, uh, touch on some of the readings both the kind of two core ones and the longer list so uh to kind of give an, a, an overview so what one of the later readings not 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 the two but um eco socialism and degrowth gives quite a concise um, summary of a lot of the kind of classical eco socialist critiques of degrowth um which you know i yeah um I I think you can see more broadly and, you know, a lot of people reading the, you know, even the first reading you might have, you know, thought of these things straight away Um, and I think, you know, three of them are kind of vagueness and or incompleteness. Um, Secondly, uh, kind of softness on capitalism um, and thirdly, overlooking kind of important elements or sectors or or, or types of growth. Um, So, Putting quotes there, but I'm, I'm going to talk about each in turn. Um, okay, so vagueness. Uh, so what does it mean, or what are we de-growing? So I think you know, if if you even just a kind of short look at the literature here is, if you if you ask like, as, as I said in, in title day, you know, I think if you ask like five proponents of of de-growth, what degrowth growth means, then you'll get twenty different answers. Um, a lot of them very contradictory, um, and I think it's also worth noting that there's a very big gap often between different kind of wings of the degrowth movement. So what these readings are, are is a kind of debate on degrowth within the kind of like socialist orientated element of the degrowth movement. That's quite different from the degrowth academia or and and the kind of degrowth movement. Um, so just kind of quickly go through what some of the meanings might be might be and, and what kind of a, a, an eco-socialist response that that I would I would probably put forward would be. So, you know, the, the kind of first thought might be, okay, you know, people talk about growth, so that's kind of economic growth, that's, uh, you know, growing GDP, gross domestic product year on year. Um, and so degrowth is, you know, reversing that process, so, so shrinking GDP. However, the a, a kind of socialist response to that would be um, that, like you know, the concept of GDP only makes sense in, you know, in, in the concept of capitalist society, like the, the, the NHS, for example, in the UK, the National Health Service, you know, ignoring the kind of large partial privatisation of it, you know, that that is, uh, you know, a, a very large kind of infrastructure kind of organisational system, but which is not geared towards um, like private profit and as such, um, doesn't directly factor in GDP at part in, in the same way, at least that uh, other things do, and, and mostly kind of factors as, as a cost. Um, and so, you know, in a socialist society, organized towards kind of human and and environmental kind of needs and desires, and organized democratically rather than in pursuit of private profit, the concept of GDP uh, loses meaning. And then that kind of ne- next thought for me, I i haven't come across it often said quite so starkly but you know is the idea that maybe we're trying to shrink net human labor so i think you know for 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 marxists but for, for a lot of socialists you know we um you know advocate you know something kind of close to a, a labor theory of value which is that like the um the kind of basis of of, of kind of exchange value of uh you know, a, a, a money which which within capitalist society goes and forms GDP. And um, that's kind of in a sense based on, on the kind of aggregate human labor that is involved in producing that goods or services. And so, you know, if you are trying to abstract, kind of generalize the idea of GDP beyond uh, capitalism, then would we be talking about? Um, that human labour and so I think that kind of comes into the kind of idea of a short working week which we can talk about labour but I, I guess like my core answer here would be you know that the problem is is labour in pursuit of private profit and it, um, in particular you know uh, you know which which yeah labour in pursuit of private po- profit within, within a capitalist society kind of endless pursuit of more and more profit um, by different companies which you know on the scale of societies translates into an endless pursuit of more and more growth. Um, and you know, we, we would then also have a cont- context of competing capitalist states, each competing, you know, with each other in terms of growth, but also with each other in terms of making themselves uh, most attractive to like international capital. Um, so, so that, you know, that, that drive doesn't factor in, in any direct way. Ecological goods, planetary boundaries, human welfare, or anything, and and the kind of more and more labour in that context is more and more labour in the service of um, our class enemies who who don't take these things to in, into account. But but labour in itself isn't a bad thing, and it can help in in lots of ways that we can talk about. And kind of third thing which is talked about in Callis and and others is the idea of kind of degrowing of use values. So, you know, the a use value is, um, you know, if you have something like, you know, an apple here, um, the, it, you know, its exchange value is, you know, 60 pence or however much I bought it for. Its use value is the kind of uh, use that I get out of it, the kind of flavor, taste, um, the kind of, um, you know, nourishment in terms of like vitamins and calories and so on. Um, you know it's different obviously with like you know a phone or or, or, or some, some, something like that but it that also has its use value um, and that kind of links to you know Carlos talks about uh, and others talk about kind of material standard of living you yeah. know I think in, in in some levels you know there were, there were areas that would want to be kind of shrunk in terms of those things but you know that I think it, it, in another sense um you know something that uh you know by far not the greatest evil of capitalism, but something that, you know, I, I find intensely irritating about capitalism, to say the least, is a kind of like planned obsolescence of of kind of commodities and that kind of limits their youth values, as in like, you know, you like buy a, uh, I don't know, like a phone, for example, um, and, you know, it, it ha- has a certain amount of youth, but it, it's designed in such a way that it you know, it is in the interests of the producers of phones that the phone is kind of breaks and always superseded within like quite a, quite a short time period. That's not a kind of, that's not a fact of science or technology, but is it is the nature of, of our society. Um, and, you know, it, in, in a different society, um, the like goods could, last a lot longer potentially they could be created in a kind of more modular way so they're more easily repaired and so you could have potentially a kind of greater use values without that meaning kind of greater production of goods even you know another point is kind of depletion pollution environmental destructions that we want to degrow them i mean i think that is a kind of that's obviously true um and and is a point worth making but I, I don't think that's kind of an adequate criteria to distinguish degrowth from kind of other things. Um, energy material throughput. Um, again, you know, I'll talk later in terms of things that we might want to grow. I think there's I think there's some interesting things in talking about that. Um and, and finally, so one of the pieces was was like, you know, what does degrowth mean? Um, I don't think it was called exactly that, uh, but w- w- one of the readings was like. Like that, and, and and one of the core things it said is, you know, that the, the kind of like there's a there's a provocation in the in this term. Um, it's not clear immediately what it means, and it, it's maybe like it elicits quite a kind of strong emotional reaction from people. But I, th- I think like our, our our political tradition as, as kind of revolutionary socialists would kind of advocate a, a clear and bold politics. Um, it, it is actually a lot more radical. Um, okay, so. Next point, kind of capitalism. So I think this kind of, for me in many ways is is a kind of strongest, or is a very strong critique of kind of degrowth movement, mm. um, but also a kind of something that we, there's kind of potentially a lot to take t- take from from aspects of the kind of literature and the kind of insights. So Hickel and Carlos in, in one of the articles, um, like they, the, you know, they the sketch how kind of various different international capitalist institutions, from like the World Bank to, um, you know, others which are kind of ostensibly more directly concerned with environmental things and, and like kind of a lot of mainstream politics, liberal environmentalists adv- advocate a form of green growth and um, where GDP will continue to grow, but the growth of GDP is decoupled from the growing like environmental destruction. Um, and they demonstrate kind of Quite persuasively, mostly talking at, about kind of um, depletion, pollution, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of depletion and those kind of things. Le- less than um, kind of g- greenhouse gases, but they do talk about that as well. But they, they demonstrate very, very persuasively that, um, like, like in practice, at least within a society that's kind of comparably similar to ours, that's not possible. That empirically, the opposite has happened: as as growth is as GDP has grown actually the kind of the material footprint has grown at a faster pace. Um, And, you know, they cite a statistic um, that uh, about how how kind of recycling wouldn't solve it because, you know, like 40, something like 44%, I I, I can dig it out, but, um, you know, quite, quite a large proportion is, is things like food, which are are kind of directly consumed. And also kind of infrastructure. I think there's kind of, that final claim I think is, is quite kind of, there's a lot to kind of unpick and critique in that. I, I think it's it's kind of short-sighted in its kind of concept of kind of recycling and, and what a circular economy might be, mean. But I think there's useful insights there. However, most most kind of degrowth um, critics of green growth kind of stop there. Um, and in a sense, what is advocated in green growth is, is more or less synonymous with, with green capitalism. Um, and... As such, like you know, the kind of research that, that they put forward in this paper, for example, I think is is, is quite valuable as a critique of the idea of green capitalism, um, and the and kind of like em- empirical evidence that can be that we can use in that argument, um, but that it should be expanded and generalised to a kind of general critique of capitalism, um, including uh, and I think this is quite v- valuable a kind of green Keynesianism, which. Um, I think you you know you you did see with kind of Corbinism and Sanders in in, in many sense, um, which 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 looks for kind of more socially just capitalism, but still a capitalism and and which is kind of environmentally good. Uh, how, how am I doing for time, Vicky? Um.
0: Yes, you need to um move on a bit.
2: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Uh, um, okay, so uh, okay, I'll have to skip some things. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I think there's a kind of removal of capitalism class dynamics but from kind of talking about these things, um, and that you know in practice that means that often degrowth is is a kind of road, certainly not towards, often not towards radical politics, sometimes away from radical politics and kind of towards academia, liberalism, and so on. And I guess I think you know there's a very powerful Marxist critique of. Uh, of, of you know, it, it's built into the cell structure of capitalism that uh, an attempt to accumulate capital, and um, to throw more and more capitalism into accumulation into into, into the kind of circuit of production and um, and kind of outcompete other capitalists, and the way that that kind of extends to a kind of the the environmental destruction which, which degrowth is put down to simply growth, um, so. Uh, I think that the Marxist kind of perspective is is more powerful and deeper, Um, but I will kind of skip over that. Things that we might want to grow, um, I will uh, touch on all of these in detail. Um, I think a lot of them are touched on in the readings, but uh, also, you know, perhaps kind of occurred to people as they were reading the original thing is, you know, obviously in terms of social justice and environmental things, there's a lot of areas that we do want to grow, um, we we might want to kind of think about beyond just the kind of transition to like a zero carbon society, um, kind of climate interventions in terms of rewilding afforestation, maybe even kind of forms of carbon sequestration, other things um, like that's an area of human labour that I think we would want to grow basically as, as much as possible, at least for the next few hundred years. I um, mean the kind of human flourishing in other ways, like env- advances in kind of public health. Um and I guess so I would say kind of whilst there are other good reasons for kind of reducing net wage labor, I, I don't think there's there's uh, in a kind of direct and, and fundamental way, a kind of environmental case for this. Um I think there's also a kind of critique that can be made of of the link between some of these ideas and uh, and, and saying kind of wider kind of stylist and third politics um uh, third third worldist kind of politics I mean um, so some other valuable things in the chat I'm not going to say much about these about because like uh, I touched on some already and League's touched on the first two already some um, uh, I'd make some critiques of the stuff about overconsumption I league talked about although I think it's it's very valuable and um yeah I think I guess, to kind of summarize it all like I think there is a lot to critique um and that we need to critique in the kind of concept of degrowth um but that you know we can take stuff from the from kind of engaging with the literature and and use it to kind of flesh out a kind of Marxist ecology in in, in a better way. So um I'll leave it there.
0: Thanks. Now I'd like to give um Zach and Luke an ample time to come back so I don't know if um, Zach and Luke you're ready to reply to the discussion
2: yeah yeah fine Um, yeah yeah so a few different things Uh, there's more things than I've got time to respond on but um, I think it was a very interesting discussion I mean I think I don't think anyone here has defended degrowth as as a slogan I think I think it's straightforwardly not a good slogan it's not clear and it's to the extent it is, it's not necessarily good. However, I think decommodification de- is interesting. I mean, I, I guess I think, uh, like, for, for me, the kind of valuable thing is that is kind of, it, it, it is, that we can take from it is kind of, you know, what can we learn from engaging with these ideas and with the literature? I mean, some of what, one of my first thoughts, um, with, you know, with engaging, um in terms of what Janet was just saying, in terms of like stuff that we can take for a program, one of my first thoughts with reading some of this is okay, well, like a lot of this stuff is stuff that you know, eco-socialists, you know, or I, I at least would, would have been advocating anyway without using the label degrad. So, you know, stuff around um, like expanding public transport and. And correspondingly, you know, shrink and, and and also stuff about like, you know, walking, and cycling and, sh- and shrinking kind of the number of cars and whatever cars there are left kind of collectivise them um, and kind of so t- t- shrinking it there. Or, you know, like I think it's, you know, a socialist society would would naturally strive to a lot less waste. I think there are other things that we, we do want to kind of think about. Um, so just to kind of clarify uh, a point. From what tony said so i think I, I didn't explain very well um i wasn't saying that gdp doesn't function doesn't that, that the nhs doesn't feature in gdp expenditure but that the nhs excluding the privatized parts of it if my understanding is right doesn't feature as a kind of source of gdp it doesn't contribute towards gdp it features on the kind of outgoing rather than a kind of ingoing. now i i think that's true even if i'm wrong I guess the point kind of generalises more which is that, you know, in a socialist society, what like, what we strive towards is kind of human well-being, environmental well-being like organised democratically by everyone um, and um, like increasingly kind of monetary indicators will become kind of less important as we kind of, you know, phase out uh, money um, and so kind of GDP, like no genuine eco-socialists would kind of uh, advocate GDP growth. Um, I guess I wanted to kind of briefly say something about the kind of anti-communism of um, of a lot of people in, in the kind of degrowth mo- movement. Now I think that is, is is kind of is true, but I think it's also worth and and, and like they're wrong, obviously, uh, you know. But I, I think it's also worth kind of understanding where that's come from. So like you know, in workers' liberty, we are very strongly like anti-Stalinist um, communists or socialists um, but it's, I think it's you know, the gap between the labour movement and the socialist movement and, and, and the environmental movement is, isn't is like, isn't particularly the fault of, of the environmentalists or, or kind of any sides, more, more, more than the other sides in that, you know, particularly in the origins of, uh, of the degrowth movement that happened when the USSR still existed and the kind of really existing communism that that was most loudly kind of advocated, not just there, but within labor movements around the world was one which identified socialism with an extremely destructive society, both environmentally and socially. Um, and, you know, I think like we, we advocate a kind of the, the kind of re flourishing of environmental Marxism in the, in the last couple of decades was, was kind of hidden beneath, uh, Stalinism. Um, and so, it's, so I think, you know, obviously we, we think it's possible to reject both, but I think it's kind of important to understand that. And yeah, I guess like kind of finally, I think the kind of, you know, the stuff that people talk about, about human nature, I think like most of um, what I might said, uh, what I might have said has been said. Um, I think there's some kind of interesting stuff um, written in, uh, there's a kind of book called Spirit Level written by some kind of liberal lefty sociologists. That's quite interesting. Um, who um, you know they, they make the case kind of quite they, they talk about kind of inequality within societies they make the case there and it's, it's made in other places um, that you know in human well-being you know does increase with kind of wealth up to a kind of up to a threshold and um, so you know if, if you're on like poverty wages your your kind of well-being will, will be worse than other people but that you know most advanced modern capitalist societies have got have got enough that kind of you know greater increases beyond that don't increase people's kind of well-being or happiness um, and so i think kind of think about kind of human nature and selfishness i th- think that's important for that i think it's also important to think about how kind of class struggle can and and, and other campaigning can can really radically change people's ideas and and their idea, you know their drives their sense of self their sense of their na- nature through you know through big strikes through through, through wider campaigning you know we've We've seen big changes in in how people think about about kind of climate change and, and and kind of racism over the last couple of years because of not even particularly class struggle, but like just like large mobilizations. Um, and yeah, I think the kind of society that we kind of need to fight for through kind of uh, class struggle through organizing in the workplace, the place where capitalism is reproduced, and and more widely, um, you know, it doesn't have to be one free of competition you know in um in, in in the kind of um like um fire brigade and you know there, there's uh, reportedly quite a lot of kind of competition between the you know that workers have with each other about like how fast they can get ready in response to a call out now that that's not a bad form of competition that's like you know saving people's lives but like the idea that if people have inclinations to competition that that means that they, they have to want more and more stuff and want to kind of shit on other people um you know that does make sense to me and certainly you know if we have a system which doesn't kind of reward kind of almost psychopathic selfishness and and, and kind of promote people who 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 are like that to the kind of top of C- CEOs or political parties then you know it's, it, it's a, bit, a, a very different one um, so yeah I think a, a big kind of take home from this is, is the need to kind of go out there and en- engage in these these struggles and, and kind of take these ideas to the labour movement and the environmental movement um, so yeah thanks I'll pass it over to Lignal
1: Alright um, thank you to everyone who's contributed um, um yeah um so no one has really come out dead strong for the slogan of degrowth that's good it's a shy slogan um but also no one i think it's important and i feel like that actually we should acknowledge that no one has also endorsed green growth because actually that that is that is the dominant ideology on on in society in society there's a capitalist version of it but there's also a, a labor movement reformist version of it which is very very influential and i think that the fact that we've not um that we've not endorsed that shows that we have a duty to fight it it shows that actually um actually that's that that is something that should be on the agenda of, of eco-socialists and isn't particularly on the agenda of eco-socialists and that's a problem and w- I don't think we should call it degrowth, but whether we call it degrowth or not, something like the, the critique of growth, the antidotes to growth, I, I like that, that's a nice one. This stuff needs to be incorporated into our programme. That's why it's a more serious engagement with the, the degrowth literature. And yes, it's a literature. Yes, it's academic. Yes, it's aimed at policymakers. And yes, lots of it's liberal or utopian. But a serious engagement with that is an important thing for us to do because we have a duty to, to to present an alternative, not just which is socialist in, in the classical Marxian um, mass party sense, not just with the classical Marxist programme, but which which takes seriously the fact that capitalism has grown to a point that it is it is transgressing a number of the planetary boundaries. And we have a problem, we have, we have, a, we have a, a real duty to make our programme um, res- respond to that properly. Um, so yeah, that's all i will say for that now. And I, I, I don't want to assume too much, but like I think actually, the that, that that's the that's the sense I that's the sense I get of, of this stuff, and also from other comrades who contributed. Even though there was a lot of critique and that, that's very welcome to respond to a little bit of it. Um, the argument that exploitation creates growth. It's not my argument. Um, that's that. That was me paraphrasing what Callis says. Callis makes the claim. He does a logical claim. He says, "Well, because um, growth requires exploitation, um, then you wouldn't. You uh, you can't have a, a socialist a, a socialist growth which is green, which doesn't involve exploitation too. So that's that's his kind of appeal to the socialist left to say." Let's think. Let's think about what 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 you mean by a socialist green growth. I don't think it's it's a strong argument in in his piece, but um, his his fundamental point that um, I think is isn't wrong. But the, 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 there's a wider point about his piece, um, which um, which is true for a lot of the, the degrowth. Um, degrowth literature that they don't properly engage in the work of Marx and like the Marxist critique of political economy. They they, they try to construct an, an economics without it. That's obviously a problem. Um yeah. Again, like yeah the focus on consumption um I stand by that but I I, I, would, I think it's important that we clarify I, I don't mean I don't mean working class people can con consuming things per se. Clearly there's an issue with transport. Clearly, there's an issue of car use. Clearly, there's an issue with the flying. In general, working class people don't consume too much. But there's a problem of consumption at a systemic level where where there there is an overproduction of commodities which has an adverse environmental impact. And we shouldn't be afraid to talk about that. At some level, that's talking about production. The point is that the two are integrated and, and the socialist left has been too too caught up in a concern to, 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 to position itself near the working class. that it hasn't talked about that. We should, we should be unafraid to talk about that, but we need to obviously to find a way to do it, which is bold as, as well as sensitive to the fact that these are these issues are understood as an affront to employment or, or to leisure time. people's right to, right to go on a foreign holiday is an important victory for the class historically, but needs to be reimagined that's a, that's a hard thing to do but refusing to do it would would be a would be a shirking of our, of our, of our duty to be ecological marxists not just marxists in the old gray sense um i think i'll leave it there actually thanks everyone for um for listening today